the local church podcast, a podcast devoted to loving God, loving people, and making disciples. We'll be your hosts. I'm Pastor Ryan. And I'm Noah Gartland. What's wrong with you people? What up? Hey. Hey, what's up? I know that voice. Yeah, it's Noah G, how, a.k.a. <laughs> how has slinging coffee and theology and all that good stuff, how's it going? It has been going great. I told somebody today I am busy and blessed. Busy and blessed. Busy and blessed between uh, church and school and uh, work and a million other things. Uh, I like it. I'm very busy, but blessed at the same time. Yeah. Well, it's good to have you back. It's good to be back. What, uh, what's, what's been big in your theology class? Like what's the big topic right now? Everybody's talking about theology. Like what we're going through in my theology. Just, just bring it. I'm in theology three right now. Okay. Uh, we talked, we're talking about the, uh, Ordo Salutis right now. Uh, the order of salvation. Yep. Uh, and we have been comparing uh, Calvin and Wesley yeah, yeah. Um, in their soti- soteriology and view on election in the Bible. Yeah. So that has been fun. You're comparing, contrasting the two. Yeah, comparing, contrasting, seeing which one is more faithful to Scripture. Um, yeah, it's a good have time. You, have you come to a conclusion yet? Like, are they both legit dudes? I... <laughs> I have come to a conclusion. Yeah. That's good. No, so it's pulling some things out, making you think, making you kind of process, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, right? Yeah. 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 I, I, one, one of the things my uh, theology professor this semester has said is uh, there are two questions we should always have in our mind. Um, and it is they are, if God is just... How can he show mercy to sinners? And if God is merciful, how can he punish sinners? Yeah. And he said we should have a balanced view of kind of both of those, right? We should wrestle with both of those at the same time instead of just focusing on one and neglecting the other. Nice. Um, So that's been helpful. It's been good. So it's good, like a little rubric to think through. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. Hey, we're in Malachi. You've missed a couple of Malachi's. Yeah, Malachi. Malachi. Good old Malachi, the prophet of God. He's speaking to the people of God, the word of God. He's kind of bringing, he's like, hey, you're back from exile, but you've forgotten the covenant that you have with God. Yeah. And he's kind of pulling them back. Last week, I looked at the priests. This week, he's kind of going to turn it back around to the Israelites as a whole. Yeah. Uh, this passage, we're going to be in chapter 2 of Malachi, uh, starting at verse 10, going through verse 16. You want to read that one? Uh, yeah, I got I got a little bit of stuffy nose going on with the pollen and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, but you said 10 through 16? That's it. I would love to read that right, for you. Bring it. <clears throat> Have we not all one Father? Has not one God created us? Why then are we faithless to one another, profaning the covenant of our fathers? Judah has been faithless, and uh, abomination has been committed in Israel and in Jerusalem. 
For Judah has profaned the sanctuary of the Lord, which he loves, and has married the daughter of a foreign god. May the Lord cut off from the tents of Jacob any descendant of the man who does this, who brings an offering to the Lord of hosts. And this second thing you do, you cover the Lord's altar with tears, with weeping and groaning, because he no longer regards the offering or accepts it with favor from your hand. But you say, why does he not? Because the Lord has was witness between you and the wife of your youth, to whom you have been faithless, though she is your companion and your wife by covenant. Did he not make them one with a portion of the spirit in their union? And what was the one God seeking? Godly offspring. So guard yourself in your spirit and let none of you be faithless to the wife of your youth. For the man who does not love his wife but divorces her, says the Lord, the God of Israel, covers his garment with violence, says the Lord of hosts. So guard yourself in your spirit and do not be faithless. Bro, you should be like a some kind of Kindle, Dude, like audiobook reader. Nah, <laughs> no, Audible. Yeah. I, I, I got the stuffy nose. I was tripping over my words. I can barely see out of my right eye. It's I'm a mess. It's all great. I am a mess. It's all good. So there's a couple things going on here, right? Yep. Very strong language from God through the prophet to the people of God. Uh, let's just pull out a few things. The first thing that I saw was that they have kind of turned from God and they're profaning the sanctuary and they have married the daughter of a foreign God. So they're, they're running after pagan nation wives and who would be worshiping idols instead of God. Yeah. That's number one. We see that, right? Yeah. Uh, the second thing I think that kind of comes out is that they have now begun divorcing, I guess, their the wives of their youth and running after those same pagan uh, brides. Yeah. So those are the two things I see. They're profaning the covenant with God. Like, hey, you are my people, my covenant people, consecrated, set apart, pulled out from the nations to be my people, and they're running after uh, idol-worshiping wives yeah. or, or intermarriages, things like that. Yeah, I think it's really interesting if we read throughout the Old Testament, especially uh, in a lot of the, the minor prophets, uh, we see the importance of marriage um, and what it kind of represents as a covenant. Um, but we see it's this analogy used, right, that Israel, here it's speaking specifically about the nation of Judah, um, as a, 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 an unfaithful uh, wife, right? We look at the prophet Hosea, right? God tells Hosea to take Gomer as his wife. Um, Gomer is a prostitute. She is not faithful to Hosea. Um, she goes and cheats on him with men, right? And uh, the point that God is making in the first few chapters of Hosea is that uh this is Israel, right? Uh, God's covenant people uh, who they're supposed to be in a relationship with, they're going off and cheating on yeah. God um, and are being unfaithful. Uh, but what we see in the story of Hosea and what we see in redemptive history is that God wins his people back. God woos his people. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of something that stood out to me here. Yeah, especially here in this passage, God could have let the Israelites, even after back from exile, and he could have let them continue to wander away, 
but he's bringing a prophet, Malachi, like he does throughout the Old Testament. Even the judges, he brings a leader and he calls his people back to himself uh, over and over and over and over and over again. Um, even when we mess up today, God is still faithful to the to the to His Word that says, "Repent, turn to Me, uh, seek My face, right? Uh, ask for forgiveness, things like that." And He is faithful and just to forgive uh, all iniquity and all unrighteousness. It's it's a beautiful story. Right on. This passage, Malachi in general, is just it's tough to to kind of read some of the language, um, especially this verse sixteen. There's a lot of commentary on verse sixteen. The translators have a really hard time understanding uh, this verse. But if we look at it as a whole in context, the people of God have turned away from God, even though he's brought them back from exile. Uh, they're still continuing to do some practices uh, that are offensive, that are uh, you know disobedient to God. And he's even saying, I'm not even going to take your offerings. I'm not going to take your sacrifices uh, because of this lifestyle. With that said, there's a whole lot going on. We could take this to a whole lot of places. We have to talk about it. I know you're kind of hesitant to talk about this uh, next topic, but in light of this passage, in light of the people of God, you know, following God, things like that, we have to turn to what's going on with uh, the Southern Baptist Convention. A number of pastors have fallen into sin, um, doing their own thing. There's no guardrails uh, around a lot of those guys, but we have an example today that there are guardrails and there are uh, elders and brothers uh, in the life of a particular pastor, uh, Matt Chandler. Everybody's talking about it. He has, I guess, an inappropriate relationship, uh, not sexual, not romantic, things like that. Uh, but it's uh, the words that he used and the elders used was familiarity and consistency or, or um, a plethora of, I guess, secret messages or instant messages, whatever you want to call it, DMs direct messaging with another female besides his wife. We can go a lot of different ways, right? Um, I'm going to go back to Billy Graham and you're probably going to go another way. Billy Graham had a rule like, Hey, I'm not going to get into a vehicle uh, or, you know, one be one-on-one -on -one with another female other than my wife. There's lots of opinions about this rule that he has even today. Um, what say you Noah to pastors who, Maybe looking online, they're seeing all this stuff going on, not just with Matt Chandler, but other pastors. Uh, what say you, what's a good rule or a good principle to live by as a pastor, minister, um, leader in the local church setting? Do not slide into girls' DMs. No, I'm just kidding. That, no, that's, uh, that's I good. I mean, it's, yeah. it's good. <laughs> um, yeah, dude, social media is so hard, I've realized. Uh, especially in my world of youth ministry. Oh, I've yeah. had conversations with uh, just fellow youth pastors, friends, um, professors about how... Uh, what's we, appropriate. Yeah, what's yeah. appropriate on social media, right? Yeah. Are we allowed to be friends with our students? Are we allowed to follow our students? Are we allowed to slide up on their stories yeah. and comment? Are we allowed to like their image? You know... Where do we draw the line? Yeah. Dude, it's so hard. It's very hard. Um, because I, I don't know if it's like this with you, but like you want to make that connection with the people you're ministering to. Yeah. Um, but you also want accountability. Yeah, that's the hard part. So I have personal social media, right? Um, you can look me up. Pastor Ryan. Uh, well, it's Rhino on oh, Instagram. Sorry. I think it's Ryan Markham on Twitter. Um, 
those are the two that I have. And I have Facebook. It's Pastor Ryan, but my wife and I are both combined on Facebook. It's it's very difficult. Um, being hired here at this church, uh, I was very clear, like, hey, I'm not going to meet one-on-one or ride in a vehicle one-on-one or even visit one-on-one in a home of a single female. Um, and so that's that's kind of a rule. Today's society says that pastors or men who have this kind of rule, it's not so much there's something wrong with the women, it's wrong with that pastor. Like, he, oh, he can't control himself around a female by himself, right? That's kind of where the culture goes. Yeah. But we see if a pastor or a leader or, or minister or whatever you want to put in that title goes into one-on-one uh, situations, it turns into, it may not be sexual or romantic, but it turns into the perception like, hey, there's something going on there that probably shouldn't happen, right? Uh, even in the case with Matt Chandler, they have been very clear. It's not of, of you know, romantic nature, but it's, it's almost too much, too familiar with one another. Um, and they, I think they said coarse joking, I think, in, yeah. in that. So. so here's my rule. This is what I've come up with. Yeah, the Noah Gartland is, rule. You've heard the Billy Graham <laughs> rule. This yeah. is the Noah Gartland rule. Always, always, always have uh, a female counterpart, right? So for you, Pastor Ryan, this would be your wife, Robin, right? Uh, it's not necessarily someone who is like has a, a you know, equal opposite role as you, right? Sure. It's not, it's not like that. But always have uh, just a female partner in ministry who you can include on all social media, technology-related interactions that you have with other females, right? So, Pastor Ryan, if a uh, member of our church who is female were to message you, right, or even text you privately uh, using your cell phone number, I would encourage you, instead of responding to them in private, uh, either start a new group message or one that already exists, with your wife included in there. Yeah. Right? Uh, For me, that would be Ariana. If you're not married, um, maybe it's just a woman in your church uh, who is faithful and is doing ministry um, who would keep you accountable in that way. So uh, that's just how I would encourage uh, pastors and uh, youth pastors, men in ministry, to uh, interact with members of the opposite sex over social media. I yeah. think that's just a good It's role. tough. Or and have I would say, I would even put into uh the elders of the church or other men that you can that can hold you accountable like hey, here's access to my fill in the blank. Yeah. Uh, and say every week you check it, you know, check with me. Um and so so we know that there's not anything, you know, nefarious going on. Yeah. Hey, did you know today was National Podcast Day? I did not. So I went online. I was like, it's got to be National Something Day, right? No, it is not. There's a lot. It's National Eat Outside Day, which okay. I, I found awesome. Okay. Nat- nat- national National Matchmaker Day. Okay. National Trail Mix Day. Ooh. So I guess you eat your trail mix outside while you're matchmaking your friends. Yeah. And then National Podcast Day. What? What? Yeah, so you're listening to a podcast on National Podcast Day. You're welcome. <laughs> hey, there's a whole lot going on. Uh, this is the day that the Lord has made. So rejoice and be glad in it. It's midweek. Midweek. 
It's midweek here at Mount Moriah Baptist Church. We gather at 6 for a meal. We have breakout groups for children, students, and adults. It's always a good time to be with brothers and sisters in Christ, learning about God, and just gathering together. Mm-hmm. One of the things we focus on here is gathering. We feel called, compelled uh, by Scripture, by the Word of God, to gather together regularly uh, to grow together. And so if you don't have a home church in Spencer County, Shelby County, Anderson County area, we're kind of locally centralized, I guess, in those three counties. Um, what's our website, Noah? It is mmbcky.org. Nice. Nice. Hey, uh, you started a segment. Oh, gosh. Perplexing preferences. Yeah, It's I hard did. to say. Perplexing. We could just abbreviate it. Yeah, so uh, it's it's yours, right? This is your segment. Yeah, whatever. Um, you We mentioned breakfast before we got on uh, the air here, and I've changed my breakfast preferences, meaning oh. I don't go, I don't think Hardee's is number one breakfast anymore. Oh. Chick-fil-A's up there, but I don't think it's number one either. Okay, hit me for me right now in this time of my life the time of my life dairy queen really dairy queen has a breakfast platter you can get the eggs however you want it bacon or sausage uh hash brown a big hash brown two biscuits and then you can get a side of gravy Woo! yeah it's it's legit and they use butter brother yeah, they they use butter in their breakfast, and you can tell everything has butter on it. And nice. It's, it's amazing. What say you about breakfast? What is your perplexing preference on breakfast? Dude, we've already discussed perplexing preferences. See, I can't even say it. On breakfast. <laughs> you, I'm sticking with McDonald's. I'm still the same. Man. Hey, you brought the perplexing preference last time. Yeah. I think I'm going to bring a different one this time. What is it? Just to get your feedback. My All feedback right? or uh, feedback? Uh, feedback okay either one push back either one all right i'm uh, ready i want to hear your response to this. <clears throat> let me do some push-ups <sighs> okay I'm okay ready. number one number one number one you have more than one no oh, okay <laughs> number one top tier pizza topping oh gosh of all time don't say pineapple no not pineapple good <laughs> you got any other guesses for you i'm gonna say it's some kind of vegetable yep <laughs> oh my gosh spinach no what i do like some spinach on my pizza though <laughs> what red onions oh my gosh oh my gosh red onions that's your number one topping oh my gosh since i was a kid i'm scared since i was a kid i loved love love loved onions on pizza there's okay. just something about it right Onion has some good flavor if you do like onion and sausage onion and pepperoni onion and chicken whatever i just think onions are the number one pizza topping they beat out pepperoni Okay. They beat out sauce. They beat out well, wait, all of the meats. You just said number one was red onion. Red onion. Yeah, specifically. Okay. So specific red onion, not just onion. No, I'm saying okay. since I was a kid, I loved onion on pizza. Gotcha. You like As the flavor. As i matured, um, I realized <laughs> It's turned that, into red onion. Yeah, red onion. <laughs> it's, Is uh, that like going from potato to those little red potatoes? Like that's a mature... Yeah. You move up when you move up in it's color. It's called adulting. When you add color. Yeah. Once all of your <laughs> When you start salad, you are an adult. <laughs> you are maturing in the in the age. Yeah. When your when your Man. favorite foods go from like brown and white to like the colors <laughs> like recently I've started 
eating that like purple cabbage or not cabbage, oh, not cabbage, yeah. uh, cauliflower, purple cauliflower, the purple cauliflower. I didn't know there was purple cauliflower. Yeah, purple cauliflower. It's good stuff. So wait, let's go back. Your number one topping on a pizza yeah. is red onion. Oh my gosh. Beats out all the meats. All push, the no, other push, push back. You have to go with the classics, you know, pizza, sausage, hamburger, bacon, you know, those outdo. If you had to pick one, one of those, like or just one, one topping pizza topping of all time. Can't count cheese because cheese is already on there. We're we're, oh, we're, we're it's a given sauce and cheese is on there. Right? Yep. Ooh, number one topping of all time. Ooh, it's a toss up. It's not red onion. If you had to have, <laughs> it's let's it's, do this. Okay. If you could only have a one topping pizza for the rest of your life, as in like you could not, you were unable to eat any other kind of pizza yeah. than this, and it's only one topping. What would that topping be? Pepperoni. Pepperoni. Yeah. So that would be your number one. That would probably be number one. It's 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 a toss up between pepperoni and hamburger. I honestly would still stick with red onion. Forever? Oh my gosh. Nice. It's so good. Nice. So good. That's Man. my perplexing preference. We have that that is a very perplexing preference. It it's, it is a perplexing That's a good preference. one. That's a good one. Thank the, you. The ones we've done in the past really haven't been perplexing. It's just been weird. Thank you. Thank you. Uh hey, any news going on in the world today? I know you can try to yeah. read my screen. Uh, Mikhail Gorbachev, the Russian, I don't know if he was president of Russia or back in the USSR in the time of Ronald Reagan. Uh, he recently died at back 91. In the, back in the USSR. Isn't yeah. that a song? He, he was the guy with the birthmark that looked like Africa on his forehead. I, I have don't know if you remember. Yeah. No idea who that back is. Back in the 80s, man. Mikhail Gorbachev, like the Cold War. It was Ronald Reagan and Mikhail. He's like, Tear down this wall. Like, it was a. No, it's a different time guy, wasn't it? That was a different guy. No, Ronald Reagan said tear down this wall. <laughs> okay, whatever. Mikhail Gorbachev was the Russian leader. Um, I'm trying to find some more uh, news that would be interesting. Kim Jong un, North Korea leader, is sick with COVID. Get well soon, Kim. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ukraine claims gains in a counteroffensive against Russia. They're still going on. Um, There is a guy. I have to put this in here. Um, I went to Boyce College, as you are going to Boyce College, uh, with a man called Sam Hughes. He went to the ministry route, a youth ministry route, and he is now a missionary, and he is a professor at uh, a student ministry uh, seminary, I guess, in Ukraine. He's been there the last several, long long time, 10 years. Uh, Right now, he's in Romania. Uh, waiting to get back into Ukraine. If you look Sam Hughes up on Facebook, even on YouTube, uh, you can check him out. Uh, there are tons of ways you can support him and his family and the ministry there. Uh, but he has been serving Ukraine and student ministry for in particular uh, there for a very long time. So check it out. Uh, yeah. That's a plug for Sam Hughes. Uh, any missionaries really that are in that area uh, need your prayer, right? God's moving. Uh, he continued to move even in, you know, COVID, pandemics, even war. Uh, so, yeah. Sam Hughes, look him up. Yeah. Any other news? Uh, you know, Pete Davidson is single. I don't know. That's, I, I don't know. I've been too busy to keep up with the news. Uh, that is horrible news. Um, <laughs> hey, let's do this. We're going to end this way. <laughs> We're going to end with words of wisdom. We've talked a lot about a lot of different things. The goal of this podcast is to kind of shrink down from like close to an hour, uh, but to get like bite-sized segments to get you thinking, get you digging in the word. 
Uh, we want to push you to read the Word of God, to apply the Word of God uh, for the glory of God. Uh, this Sunday, we are kind of getting close to the end of Romans in our Sunday morning uh, sermon series. Uh, and Paul talks a lot about unity uh, because of the gospel, but it's all for the glory of God, uh, the unity of brothers and sisters in Christ. And so if you don't have a local church that you belong to, I want to encourage you to find a local church that loves Jesus, that believes the Bible is the word of God, and that moves you and pushes you to apply the word of God. All for the glory of God. Words of wisdom. Noah, do you have any words of wisdom for us today? Yes. And it's actually going to be, it's not going to be like completely random this time. Uh, A helpful exercise for me that I've challenged other people to do is to uh, summarize the gospel, sit down, write it down, summarize the gospel using as few words as possible, right? If you had to shave off or if you only had a so many word limit, um, how would you summarize the gospel in 10 words, in eight words, in five, right? Yeah. I think it's pretty cool, pretty helpful. Yeah, I like it. Hey, my words of wisdom. Soli Deo Gloria, which means? For the glory of God alone. Whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do for the glory of God today. Uh, while you have today, <laughs> while there is breath in your lungs, do all that you can to do for the glory of God. If you are a young person listening to this, the big question that everybody asks is, what is God's will for my life? It is to bring him glory uh, here, there, and to the ends of the earth. Whatever you do, if you find passion in baseball, if you find passion in singing, if you find passion in cooking, do it for the glory of God. Uh, and it's all about Jesus. Amen. Amen. Love God. Love people. Make, make disciples. disciples.